your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday, April 21st edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can also follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can also email me at LockedOnFLAPanthers at gmail.com. You could also follow the national show anywhere you listen to podcasts, Locked On NHL, and their Twitter page as well, at Locked On NHL Pods. You could, and don't forget to subscribe to the new Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room is changing the way we talk sports. So the Florida Panthers finish off their season series last night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Winning last night's game by a final score of 5-1 to one in regulation, where now they are 7-0-1 oh, against the Columbus Blue Jackets to finish off the season series, getting 15 out of a possible 16 points. Their only loss against Columbus came in a shootout the very first matchup of this season, and the Florida Panthers ended up winning seven in a row against Columbus after that. Spencer Knight made his NHL debut yesterday, where he got 33 saves on 34 attempts, so the future is bright for the Florida Panthers as far as the goaltending department, and this was fun. The second line was producing over and over again. Sam Bennett seems to be fitting in. Anthony Duclair is on a point streak right now. Jonathan Huberdeau got three points last night, and he's on his own point streak after going on a bit of a slump when Alexander Barkov went down. There's a lot of questions about Jonathan Huberdeau's play and his ability to step up with Sasha Barkov out, but Jonathan Huberdeau has had a great stretch as of late. Anthony Duclair has had a great stretch as of late. Nikita Gusev seems to be fitting in, finding a way to distribute passes to Barkov and other teammates. So everything is starting to gel in for the Florida Panthers as they finish this season series against the Columbus Blue Jackets with a 7-0-1 record. And I decided to bring in Jay Forster of Locked On Blue Jackets to discuss this season series against the Columbus Blue Jackets and as well as the future, what it holds for Columbus. So I'm here once again with Armando Velez. I would say friend of the podcast, but his team keeps beating me. So I don't know how friendly I can really be right now. Um, so let's, I mean, let's, let's get right into it. Let's talk these two games. Uh, atrocious effort from, from the Blue Jackets. Uh, excitingly for me, I think, the, or the most exciting thing that we can bring out of a game like that or, you know, for me personally, uh, Spencer Knight had his NHL debut last night. Uh, I tweeted before the game congratulating him on his first NHL shutout. Wow. And almost. 
Blue Jackets lost 5-1, but let's let's talk Spencer Knight. What did what do you like from Spencer Knight? What did like are you excited to see more from him? What was what was the highlight of of that for you? Really excited to have to watch Spencer Knight play. Wasn't really expecting him to even play at all this season based on him being a rookie just coming out of college, out of Boston College, where the Florida Panthers are still fighting for the division title slash the president's trophy. But hey, if you're really confident in a guy, then who who am I to argue for you to go for, especially with Chris Drieger being an expiring contract this summer so you got to see what you got in in Spencer Knight going into the offseason in NHL action and the one thing that's really said by multiple people is just his composure his maturity how well he reacts and there was a there's an opportunity like his very first attempt I believe at a save at least real attempt was on right on Patrick Lane and he was able to respond right then and there and there was another time where he let a rebound and then he someone was trying to get it towards the corner of the post and he was like ready to hug the post to not allow a goal so he his his instincts are very quick which is what I like about him already yeah and I mean there's like at this point there's there's nothing to lose with giving him some NHL time especially you know against a team like the Blue Jacket we're not really in the playoff race anymore. Um, they're not a threat. You know, you've you at that point you'd beaten us six out of the seven times that we played. So why not throw throw Spencer Knight in, see what you've got. And worst case scenario is he has a bunch of stuff to to work on in his game. So yeah, and best part about it was uh goal support from from the Panthers. They they just were up and running just real early in this one. So that's the best thing that you could provide for your goalie. And even even in an, if an offside weren't called on that second goal by Roslovic, the second goal would not have been his fault because his teammate bumped into him, Frank Petrano. So and and the one goal that he did give up was on the P, on the PK. So even strength, he saved every single shot. Even strength, so so it's great to see. So encouraging signs. The Florida Panthers implemented a goalie excellence department under under their ownership, which is led by Roberto Luongo, who just got named the general manager of the IIHF World Championship just a few days ago. So congratulations to him so it just it's it's just looking from the top down that this is a position a pipeline that's really going to be a force for years to come yeah because for me like looking back on the last few seasons for the Panthers goaltending has been a weakness of theirs I think um right up until last season they got Bobrovsky I was like okay maybe it's Beach looking up, and then Bobrovsky couldn't save a beach ball last season. Um, but he looks like he's rebounding. Obviously, you know, Drieg has been a real, real surprise. We've talked about him on the podcast before. He's, you know, he's still like sixth or seventh in the league in save percentage, which is crazy. Like, I wouldn't hate giving him a Vesna nomination this season, frankly. Um, and then, you know, you've got guys like Spencer Knight who 
come in, show that they can they can keep up. So it's yeah, it's gone from you know in the space of two seasons, it's gone from being you know the the corpse of Roberto Luongo and James Reimer to you know a, a passable Sergei Bobrovsky and you know this this bright bright future. Um, it's yeah, it's it's fun to see. I'm less mad now than I was last night. Like I I turned the game off after the second period, I think, and just was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to bed. I don't need this. One o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I've kind of had time to um process the loss, I guess it's yeah. The the Panthers are the Panthers are fun. Um, it's going to be fun playoffs in the. In the central division, I think, uh, which leads me into my next question, or like our next talking point, I guess. Um, playoffs. Obviously, nothing is, you know, locked in yet. But the Panthers missing the playoffs at this point would—it's basically an impossibility. Um, who do you want to meet in the in the first round? Who do you think you have the best chances against? Who do you think is going to have? Like what? Like obviously the the dream playoffs, like round one playoff series, would be Tampa, Florida. You know you've got that Florida rivalry. Like what? What are your hopes and dreams for the playoffs apart from you know victory? I guess. Number one, of course, is to win the division. But they're tied with Carolina. But Carolina has two games in hand. But there's a series that starts with Carolina starting tomorrow on Thursday. So. And the Florida Panthers in six games against Carolina have only won once. And that was an overtime win where Carolina hasn't dropped a point against Florida. They haven't dropped two points, excuse me, against Florida this season at all. So it creates more of an emphasis to at least get three out of four, to at least have a chance to face up. At this point, it looks like either Nashville or Dallas. I think Chicago's out of it. And, but if they don't win the division, they match up fairly well against Tampa. The last series that they had against Tampa, even in the win that they had, in, excuse me, even in the loss that they had, they outshot the Tampa Bay Lightning by, by a ratio of 2-1. to one, And they won the faceoffs by a large margin, but Vasilevsky was just being Vasilevsky. He's best goalie in the league. I can't deny that. And... He put the team on his on his back, and it seems that he's really carrying this team. It's like, how much can he carry this team? And I think as far as a matchup perspective, if they don't win the division, I'd be fairly okay facing this Tampa Bay Lightning. And at this point, if the season were to end today, they would have home ice. So with what happened with the Columbus Blue Jackets at the trade deadline, this past series, we didn't see a Max Domi. He was a healthy scratch both nights. Warensky is injured, I believe. Yes. So he, he's not, he, he didn't play either of these two games. And then they traded Nick Foligno to the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's David Savard to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they got two first-round picks out of it. So they got three first-rounders next season in the draft. They're likely going to have a new head coach. The, this roster is likely going to get turned over big time. Is there any hope for this franchise going forward? 
Yeah, for sure. And I think I don't think there is going to be like a massive amount of of turnover in the offseason. Like obviously the the new head coach is is key. Um and I think Kekalainen knows that. And I think it's a case of, right, let's see how this group performs under a coach that's not John Tortorella. Um, because I think we talked about this uh the last time we talked, you know, you can't deny that Tortorella has gotten results out of this team, but for whatever reason, he's it's not the same this season. He's I don't think he's lost the room or anything like that. I think he's just kind of run his run his course with with the team. He's run his course with the sport a little bit, I think. So I think number one is gonna be how do guys like Line A, uh Bjorkstrand, you know, our our big scorers, how do they fare with a new coach? Um Line A especially, because you know, we've got that. That contract extension. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a short, a short extension, and then you know we kind of reevaluate in a couple of years. But yeah, it's it's so hard to look at the roster now and know what it's going to look like next season. Obviously, because we're just kind of ravaged right now. Obviously, you know, Felino's gone, Riley Nash is gone, David Savard is gone. They've all gone in trades. Uh, Wierenski is out with injury, Boone Jenner's done for the season with an injury. We're not getting Gus Nyquist back this season. Um, and I think, you know, he's someone that we've missed more than I thought we would. Um, he hadn't been as much of an impact player as I hope he would be when we signed him. But I think just having a guy that can play in the top six on that left side has really kind of hurt us in terms of scoring. Uh, and also he's the only person on the Blue Jackets that could score an empty net goal, apparently. Uh, he, he led the league, I think, last year in empty net goals. He had five or six. Um, so it's, it's tough to say kind of what kind of turnover the team's going to have, because next year it's not going to be new faces. I don't think it's going to be, oh, well, we get Wierenski back. We get Boone Jenner back. We get Gus Nyquist back. Hopefully, you know, Patrick Laine returns to form. Hopefully we still keep our goalies. So Laine has been talking about it as it's not a rebuild. It's a reload, you know, just making little little adjustments um hopefully you know upgrading at center maybe you know things things like that but i think like it's it's so tough because there was no reason for columbus to be as bad as they were this year because the team is functionally the same as it was last year and again i think we talked about this the last time we spoke you know we we lost a few pieces no one that I would consider major, but apparently, you know, that that plus missing Nyquist to injury, I think, you know, losing Wemberg, Nudavara, Murray, apparently was just enough to to throw us throw us off our game a little bit. So I'll be interested to see kind of the the rebound that we have next season. New head coach. Hopefully everybody's healthy. You know, hopefully Line A gets back to scoring 40 50 goals a season as we know he can do and yeah i'm i don't want to say i'm looking forward to next season because when i get excited about the blue jackets they inevitably disappoint me but i we i don't think we'll be as bad next season as we were this season uh, and i don't necessarily think that the season is cause for panic in the organization yeah and like like many people a lot of people thought that the Blue Jackets were going to be a bubble playoff team, somewhere in the ra- around the fourth to sixth realm, fighting for 
playoff spot after they made it to the first round after their playoff series with Toronto last year in the bubble. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Panthers about once a week, and you can finally join in on the conversation and listen here every day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Panthers podcast throughout our Locker Room conversation. Be sure to join me when I go live. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Join me at LO underscore FLI Panthers to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Florida Panthers. See you there. Locker Room. Changing the way. We talk sports. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. With 18 amazing flavors. With 6 new flavors of caramel brownie. Cookies and cream. Cherry Barcia. Lemon almond cheesecake. Carrot cake. And apple almond crisp. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Boat Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. And today's flavor profile is cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Boat Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. With a free cooler with purchase while supplies last, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKS15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft, April 29th to May 1st. Now back to my conversation with the host of the Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets podcast, Jay Forster. A few coaches that come to mind, I think of like a, a Mike Babcock, who had a recent stint with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think about Claude Julian, who just had a recent stint with the Montreal Canadiens after spending some time in Boston prior. I also think about Gerard Gallant, but Gerard Gallant also has recent history with the Columbus Blue Jackets, but that hasn't been since like 2004, 2006. So it's been 15 years. So as far as coaches, if you've even thought about a new coach, what would be the ideal coach for this organization? Oh man. Okay. So I, I have given this significant, significant thought. I have three guys that I think are good picks. And uh, I have three guys that I think are varying degrees of, of likeliness. Um, if the blue jackets hire Mike Babcock, I quit. Like 
I don't want that guy anywhere near my team. Like, okay, the guy's a proven winner, but he's also a proven dirtbag. You know, like, I don't, <laughs> trust, I don't trust him near the young players. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. Um, you know, and it's, it's a, we don't have to get into it right now, but the fact that he still works in hockey is frankly phenomenal. Like, it's amazing. Um, in terms of guys that I would like to see, Claude Julien hadn't really, hadn't been an option the last time I kind of considered this. Um, it w- I wouldn't hate it. Um, but again, it kind of comes back to this league is just recycling the same, the same 35 old white men, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's boring. It's, this is the only job apparently where you can be fired for being bad at it. And then another competitor will turn around and be like, actually, maybe he won't be bad with us. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Jared Gallant is a name that I wouldn't hate. Uh, he's the most likely pick for me. Um, just because again, tried and tested, the league seems to be convinced that if you only give guys enough second chances, maybe this time they'll they'll succeed. But I think Gallant has never Gallant's it's a, it's a weird one because he was fired in Vegas after a four-game losing streak after Vegas basically bullied their way to the finals in their in their first year or wherever it was. So I don't I don't get why Vegas fired him. I don't really understand why Florida fired me. Like, I don't think he was particularly bad in Florida when he was there. Mm-hmm. So Gallant is Gallant is is a is a good pick, I think. Um if Seattle doesn't doesn't grab him first. Uh Bradshaw is our current assistant coach. He was in St. Louis before this as an assistant coach. Uh he runs the defense uh for us, I believe. I would be interested in seeing him. I think he's got some really interesting ideas about like player management and um he actually if you ever if you ever watch a game he's always like tapping away on on an ipad he's developed his own like fancy stat system uh which is uh, as someone who again wants something new and interesting in the sport like i'm a big fancy stats guy i think they don't tell the whole story but i think you can get more of a story with them than just being like hey that guy's got a really good plus minus he's clearly great at what he does um so i would be i'd be interested in him my sleeper pick is, um, and I can't remember if we talked about this last time, but uh, Yuki Allen of uh, the Finnish national team, uh, I believe he coaches the under-20s at uh, World Juniors. He is my sleeper pick for the next head coach of the club's Blue Jackets. Also, we've got that Finnish connection. Yama Kakalainen, uh, first European GM in the league. Uh, I would love if he brought a European coach over. Again, it's still it's still an old white guy, but it is a new old white guy and not just one of the same the same 30, you know, like mm-hmm. so that's those are my picks for the head coach. Yeah, and when it comes to Gerard Gallant with Florida, it was a year after he took them to the playoffs where they won the division when it was called the Southeast Division. At at the time, no, no, excuse me. It was the Atlantic. It was the it was shortly after the Atlanta Thrashers changed to Winnipeg Jets and Kings Division. So it was still the it was the 2012 was the Southeast. 2016 was the Atlantic. So yeah, and after losing to the first round 
against the New York Islanders and Thomas Grice and John Tavares, the Florida Panthers had a little bit of, you know, tension between management and the want and the losing, the not living up to what they were last season didn't help, but I didn't think it was enough to fire him based on just performance on the ice in general. But at the time, it was just a lot of bad relationship with management. And there's a common misconception about the picture that of Gerard Gallant getting in the taxi cab after about. But there, there's a big misunderstanding. And Gerard Gallant has a piece somewhere online that he explains that situation that happened, in, in, which was in Raleigh back in, I think, fall of 2016 or early 2017. But I want to go back to John Tortorella because I think of relationship with players. I think of how he how he dishes out criticism or lack thereof sometimes. And one player that he was very critical about during his time in Columbus was Anthony Duclair. And this was a quote that was shared by a previous guest of my show, Jacob Winans. He shared a quote about John Tortorella on Anthony Duclair. And this was the question. He's like, when he said it's listening with him, it's a matter of being a slow learner or just being stubborn. And then this is what Tortorella said. Quote, I don't know. Right now, I don't know. I don't think he knows how to play. I don't. It seems to me he's a player that just feels he can get the puck because he's tremendously skilled. He can skate. He has all those things, as you guys know. I just think he can go do whatever the hell he wants on the ice. He can't do it in the National Hockey League. We have spent a lot of time trying to teach him, trying to teach him situational play, away from the puck, all the stuff we do with players. Sometimes it looks like he's understanding. So to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know if he just can't comprehend or he's just stubborn. He's running out of time. And I don't know when those the date of the of that that exact quote, but I of course it's it was during his time in Columbus and Anthony Duclair in this series gets three assists last night and he gets he's on a six game point streak right now. So talk more about John Tortorella and his play his relationship with players. Do you think he gets another chance after? This one, because it just seems like he has such a hard time just creating those relationships. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. I think if there is interest, I think teams will reach out to him. Because, again, he's, I think he's the, the winningest uh, American-born coach in the NHL. Um, which, again, the fact that winningest is just a legitimate term that we use is bonkers. It's not a real word, but that is that is a, a rant for another time. Um, I, yeah, I think, if other, I think other teams will reach out to him. I, again, I've talked, I think he might be looking at retiring this upcoming offseason. Um, the thing about Duclair, I think, was kind of the beginning of the end for me, because it's... And again, like... Full disclosure, as as a white guy, it's it's not necessarily my place to kind of comment on this kind of thing, but it's always the players of color who get that kind of treatment, I think. Um, and I'm not suggesting that John Tortorella, you know, hates 
hates black people or is a, a violent racist or anything, but he has kind of a track record of making these kinds of comments about young black players that rely on skill and have um that have what the NHL calls an attitude and what I call a personality. You know? That's, that's fair. PK uh, Subban gets the same treatment all the time. Um, and so, yeah, the, the Duclair thing really bothers me because it feels very much like he's already written him off even, you know, this early in in his tenure as, as a Blue Jacket. Um, it yeah, it, it it the way he talks about guys like that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because it's he is running out of time, but we have endless amounts of time to you know try and teach Max Domi not to wrap the wrap his arms around guys' necks and you know try and <clears throat> excuse me try and goad people into taking fights. Um, I understand he has been healthy scratched for kind of that type of behavior but yeah John Tortorella is running out of um he's running out of, of strikes with me anyway but again he is a coach that gets results and I think you know in a in a league that continued to employ guys like Mike Babcock or guys like Bill Peters I think yeah there is definitely there's definitely a place for a guy like John Tortorella which Maybe there shouldn't be, but he is who he is. You know, the name carries a lot of weight in the league. Uh, but I think if if he gets another chance, I think it'll be teams reaching out to him and him saying yes, not him actively seeking another another NHL job. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA. Major League Baseball and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code locked on. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening now. Preaching analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. And if you are the fan of the Miami Dolphins like myself, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 has dropped an episode on who the Miami Dolphins would pick with number six in this one. So search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Odyssey is your new audio home for all sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Now back to my conversation with the host of the Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets podcast, Jay Forster. Duclair is starting to show why he was picked up by Bill Zito and the Florida Panthers after his 
stint with Ottawa, his recent great stint there. So, and he's on a very cheap deal, $1.7 million in this one on a one-year deal. And he's really fit in well with the second line. And I believe yesterday the second line just alone had eight points combined between Jonathan Huberto, (laughs) Jonathan Huberto, Sam Bennett, and Anthony Duclair. And from the Florida side, the it seems that the you could put multiple combinations together and it's going to work. I hope I hope because of this performance by second line that Hugh keeps it for now. Hugh doesn't strike me as the person who would mess up something that's going well. Wenberg, Alec Wenberg, former Blue Jacket, was manning the second line most of this season until just recently. So the fact that you could just insert a Sam Bennett and a lot of the analytical charts said that Sam Bennett was not a good player in Calgary and during his time, but he's he's if he hasn't already, I, I don't have the the numbers in front of me. I think he's close to surpassing his goals with the Florida Panthers now than what he did with Calgary during his time. So it just goes to show what what a new environment can do for somebody. Brandon Montour, since coming over here from the Buffalo Sabres, he's performed well. He got a goal in the previous matchup against Tampa Bay. Radko Gudis, a guy who's not known as a goal scorer, hadn't scored all season. I was never really relying on Radko Gudis to be a goal scorer, but he got two goals in four games, one against Dallas and the other one against uh, it was the the game one against Columbus, so he he got his third. So it's it's starting to come together for this team. And Lucas Walmark was a guy that they reacquired for the second straight trade deadline. He was in the Vincent Trocheck trade last year, and then there was another trade with Chicago, which was really a salary dump kind of trade with Brett Connolly getting rid of his contract to possibly make a bigger splash. But hey. With the pandemic going on, a lot of people don't want to spend as much, and understandably so. We have a whole division north of the border that's not even bringing in fans, so that's going to hurt the revenue coming in for the league. So it, in a flat cap era, I'm, I'm amazed of what Bill Zito has been able to pull off, and it goes back to the Columbus route with learning under a Yarmo Kekalainen. Yeah, 100%. I, Bill Zito, I think, is the difference maker for me in the Panthers. Um, like, it helps that they've remembered how to score and how to, um, how to stop goals. But, you know, just the guys that he's brought in, again, it's not huge moves. It's, you know, I think, again, we talked about this Last time, Tampa Bay, they just make little tweaks. You know, picking up David Savard, he's probably going to play on the third line. He's probably going to play, like, 10, 12 minutes a night. It's, it's the same kind of thing in Florida. You know, they didn't go out and get a Taylor Hall. They went out and they got a Sam Bennett. They got Nikita Gusev. They got Brandon Montour. Just little upgrades. And I think that is all credit to Bill Zito and... Man, I'm thrilled that he's having success in Florida, but I 
can't believe we let him go. Um, I yeah, he's I I can't remember what the the GM award of the year is called off the top of my head, but if he's not nominated, I think it's like he's he's my pick for for GM of the year at the minute. Like what he's done with with his team has been has been brilliant. And I, I don't, I think we talked, we've talked about this previously, but in terms of like contract extensions, apparently Zito did all of our contract negotiations in Columbus. So that's something for, for you guys to look forward to when, when the time comes to, to um, extend or renew some of your, your key players. Yeah. And the fact that he's had experience with contract extensions knows that, he can more than capable of doing it on his own when it comes to that. He gave Mason Marchment a one-year extension after the trade last year with Toronto Maple Leafs for Dennis Mulgan. And Dennis Mulgan is not even in the U.S. right now playing hockey. He's overseas. So just, yeah, I, even though that wasn't a Bill Zito trade, Bill Zito recognized what was left from the previous regimes. And like I said, like I've, I've said this in previous episode with a different guest, that the previous GM, Dale Town, has been great at getting the top picks in, but just not putting the surrounding pieces. He's been able to get some surrounding pieces, but not able to maximize their values at their. And Bill Zito has just come in to put the some of the some of the finishing touches in and finishing touches is a weird term because I'm, I'm i'm making it sound like the florida panthers are about to win the stanley cup but that their the playoffs haven't even started but putting some touches on this roster yeah and i think again that comes from his time with the blue jackets who have you know famously been shafted by the, the draft um we've never been able to coax big names here you know it's bill zito has seen yamakaka line and turn a team into more than the sum of its parts and i think he more than most gms in the league understand the real kind of value of depth guys um and i think that's that's a, a thing that gets kind of over over talked a lot is oh you need these like fourth line grinders to to create the team and you don't necessarily you know I think your focus should and is going to be on your Barkovs Ekblad when he comes back um you know if you want the focus on the the big guys but you do need guys to skate behind them and I think coming from Columbus which is made entirely of middle six forwards and all star defensemen um it's it's interesting to see what he's kind of taken from Kekalein and, and has put into play in building a a very strong Panthers team that, frankly, I'd written off before the season had even started. Um, and, I mean, look, like, <laughs> here we are, you know, they're about that racing to win the division. And I believe as of a couple of days ago, we are sitting eighth in the division below the Dead Wings. Yeah, and one more question before we get out of here. So the OHL canceled their season due to COVID. 
And that is a league where a lot of the top prospects come out of. When it comes to Columbus and their three first-round picks, it's going to be harder than ever to reevaluate talent as you're bringing them in. It, it seems like that you're more taking gambles on guys coming in. Do you, what, what is your feeling? As as we go toward with the OHL season canceled and the confidence of GMs around the league on how confident they are that when they bring a player in that they'll live up to their draft stock. Yeah, it's tough because even outside the OHL, you know, the WHL only went back like a month or two ago, maybe. Um, Europe has been doing a little better, um, and I think, again, that's where we kind of benefit because Kekalainen has a strong preference for guys that play in Europe. Like, look at last year. We picked a guy from the KHL. We, we draft a lot. I don't think we drafted a single North American in the, last, in the last draft. I believe it was a Russian, two Swedes, uh, and a Latvian. Those were those were our drafts, draft drafting last year. Um, and I think Kekalainen, yeah, he he wants to look in Europe. He wants to find guys that don't necessarily play in North America. And I think that does benefit us here because the European leagues have mostly been functioning, if not as normal, but certainly a lot closer to normal than uh, the the three CHL leagues. So that's that's a big. A big benefit is he has those contacts overseas and he's willing to use them. Um, but it, it is it is going to be an interesting draft, I think. Um, I think guys are going to be weighted differently. I think it's it's a it's a weird it's going to be a weird draft. Um, and I for one, would not be surprised if this was the draft that the Blue Jackets finally got first overall in, um, after not picking first overall since literally 2002. Um, because it is such a weak, a weak draft. Um, not even like player-wise, just because they haven't been able to, they haven't been able to, uh, you know, the 16, 17, 18 year olds need, need that nice time to develop. And I do wonder if we're going to see the knock-on effect of this kind of five years down the road where there's just kind of a, a gap in NHL players that were kind of coming of age this year and last. Yeah, that it's going to be difficult for every single front office to make an evaluation on these players coming in. So it's going to be an interesting summer for sure for every single team, whether you're a rebuilding team like Columbus, Detroit, Ottawa, or your Stanley Cup contender like a Tampa Bay, Vegas, Colorado, and even Florida. So it's going to be really tough for every single every single team in the league. Yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah, it's, it's going to be it, it's going to be a weird off season. I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's quiet for ages and then suddenly everything just kind of goes off. But that's kind of what. Blue Jackets fans have to look forward to now is free agency day and the draft because you know we're not we're not making noise in the playoffs. I guess like 
it's weird. I, I usually am like, oh, I'll I'll support like the teams that my guys go to, but I don't want to cheer for Tampa Bay and I don't want to cheer for Toronto. So like, where, where does that leave me? Like my other team, like I, I really like Philadelphia. They're not making the playoffs. I like LA. They're not making the playoffs. Like, I guess. Uh, yeah. So if in fact the Blue Jackets would like, or Blue Jackets fans would like to kind of see what they're missing with playoff success if they want to check in with Bobrovsky, Wemberg, Nunavara, uh, even a guy like Duclair. Um, even though he continues to kind of, I've been calling it the Anthony Duclair revenge tour for a while. His first game against us after we traded him, he scored a hat trick um, when he was in Ottawa. So uh, that's fine. Um, but if, if Blue Jackets fans want to hear more about the Florida Panthers and our old friends, uh, where can they find you and your podcast? They can find my podcast at LO underscore FLA Panthers on Twitter, and they can find it anywhere they listen to podcasts, and they can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. And for my fans, where can they find you and your work? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at jaythegoalie. Uh, mostly it's just me getting really mad about how bad this sport is. Um, but if that's, you know, if you need more yelling in your internet life, then that's, you can follow me over there. Uh, you can follow this podcast at LO underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, you can find us wherever podcasts are found. Awesome. Thank you, Jay, for doing this crossover with me. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for thank you for getting up at six AM in the morning to to record <laughs> me with the weird hours, but Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you once again to Jay Forster of Locked On Blue Jackets for joining me on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast and rate it five stars. If you want to follow the page at LO underscore FLA Panthers or email me at Locked On FLA Panthers. That's how you can reach me. Don't forget to follow the national show Locked On NHL anywhere you listen to podcasts and their Twitter page Locked On NHL Pods. The Crosscheck NHL show as well. And yes, I woke up at 6 a.m. to record this as Jay and I have a five-hour time zone difference between where we are recording and watching games. So wasn't going to force him to do a recording at 2 a.m. British Standard Time. So if I sound a little bit tired on my end, I do apologize. Had some coffee, Miami-style espresso. So hopefully that made my voice sound a little bit better. I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.